Welcome to episode 54. I am your host, Julia Busby, and this is Finding Her. Um, today, I'm going to be talking and discussing everything related to self-harm. Um, it might be hard for you to hear, but I think it's something that will provide us an opportunity to grow in awareness in this area. So today, I have titled the episode, Brave to Speak About Self-Harm. So happy Mental Health Day, everyone. The overall objective to this day really is to promote and raise awareness of mental health issues worldwide. So many organizations, um, community members, leaders uh, continue to work on increasing opportunities to make mental health care a norm for people worldwide. So there is a huge lack to begin with um, on mental health services and providers. There's too much need for... Um, how many providers there are out there, and our U.S. mental health care system kind of stinks. So just to, just to be kind. So we need to really focus on preventative mental health care, just as going to the dentist for a cleaning, um, taking care of our bodies by feeding it nutritious food. Um, we can learn and increase our skills and awareness in preventative mental health. So that's what we're doing today. So with that, I wanted to really talk to you guys about the Brave series, and I have this episode, which would be awareness, and then I'm going to follow up with that next week and end our series of bravery um, with an inspirational message. So before I start, today may be difficult to hear. Today's topic about self-harm is real, relatable, and painful. Today, I will be talking about self-harm. Remember, I am sharing information on this topic. Please reach out to your mental health provider or general practitioner for medical support. Let's begin. So if we really begin on the bottom as an awareness episode, I'm going to talk to you about what really self-harm is. So when someone hurts themselves on purpose, you may immediately think or assume it only happens rarely, but unfortunately, it is not uncommon. Higher rates are shown in youth and adolescence, but um, adults are not immune to this. Self-harm is a behavior It's not a mental illness, okay? So it is a behavior, one that can be replaced with healthy healthy coping skills. Just as I shared how we can work towards learning and applying skills to keep Kramer out in the hallway. So keeping Kramer out in the hallway, we talked about self-management skills, um, advocacy, um, self-regulation and feelings, awareness, self-harm is a behavior, okay? So someone that is experiencing or has been using self-harm as a coping skill, although it's unhealthy, I want you to remember that these people or you, if, if it's you that is experiencing this in your life, you are not broken. Self-harm is not your fault. Self-harm is a way that you have chosen to help relieve yourself from the emotional pain you're experiencing, right? So if you think about me talking about these bags that are too heavy, sometimes people have a harder time in different areas, right? So emotional distress, 
sometimes emotions and unpacking them in their lives from their past or from something that has triggered them um, in their in their present moment is hard for them to unpack. That's it. And the things that they've reached to put in their bags is unhealthy. We can always choose unhealthy coping skills. They're out there. They're not hidden. They're out there. So it just depends on how you've been choosing those skills to pack in your bag. And someone that has self-harm as a coping skill just needs to unlearn those unhealthy practices that continue them in that cycle. So it's not your fault. It's not a mental illness and you're not broken. So a vicious, harming yourself is your coping skill, right? A vicious, silent, painful cycle, behavior cycle that can stem from your unhealthy coping skill, right? So if we look at what happens, why it continues to be a cycle, we're going to look at it from a behavior standpoint, right? And this is what I do a lot of in my job on um, managing student behaviors, but then also applying that into my own life with self-management skills and all the, all the things, right? So if we start with someone that might self-harm, what happens is, is something happens in their life, a memory, a trigger, uh, a situation, an experience, maybe they watched a movie, um, or it's just their inner feelings, right? So they experience extreme pain that could come in the form of anger, frustration, overwhelming, and they're unable to express it because it's so powerful to them, right? And they also might have a lack of control in their lives, like they're unable to focus, they're unable to regulate their feelings, they're unable to manage self-management areas in their life, and also um, really keep that stress level down, right? So these these people, which I've experienced it too, I think everybody's also experienced all of these feelings except we manage them in a different way. And they're not always healthy, remember. So extreme pain, anger, frustration, overwhelming. You're unable to express your feelings. You, the lack of control in your lives leads you to managing it or applying a coping skill. But in this sense, self-harm is an unhealthy coping skill. And that can show up in a variety of different ways. And these are just a few. Burning or cutting, hitting or Punching, I've also seen uh, pinching as well. (sighs) Pinching yourself, misusing drugs and alcohol, deliberately starving self or binge eating, excessive exercising or pulling out hair. So when this unhealthy coping skill is applied, what happens is we move forward in another part of the cycle where pulling out your hair or, or misusing drugs or alcohol, burning or cutting yourself releases that emotional distress that you're going through, right? So just like applying boundaries or applying um, self-positive talk or affirmations, those help you cope with the pain or the distress that you're having in your life or stress, right? Well, pulling out your hair, it's starving yourself, burning or cutting yourself does the same thing. It gives you a release, but in a negative way. And then once that release happens, shame and guilt follow. 
So that continues the cycle and you end up back in the same spot, which was the beginning where you're unable to deal with that extreme pain, that anger, frustration, the overwhelm, unable to express those feelings, right? You're back in it and that lack of control in your life. Um, here is a personal story or, or really a reflective piece about our environment and, and the things that we're seeing um, in our lives on, on the internet and such and such. Let's think about the pressures that our youth are experiencing. So self-harm shows up a lot in youth and adolescence, right? So this is something that we could be thinking about as a collective pressures that our youth are experiencing. So the demands of beauty standards, society standards of perfection, including body, the media has made a changing impact on ourselves and the way that we view ourselves, our own values, right? That perfection piece. I know a lot of us as adults see comparatitis on when we're going through our feeds on Instagram or on Facebook, or we see ads of beautiful, thin, gorgeous women with perfect skin. Regardless if it's airbrushed and it's not real, this is something that we still see and it, it, it affects us. So demands of beauty standards, cyberbullying and social media exposure. So here comes like applying those apps that make their bodies look thinner or applying filters to show that they are beautiful. But then unfortunately, they continue to use filters and then they don't like to see themselves without one. Peer pressure, academic expectations, changes within a family, you know, the the impact on their self-image. Physical pain helps them escape their mental pain. So that would be a sign that they're using self-harm to cover up their mental pain, right? So I'm talking about that release, um, being in control, hurting yourself because that is your um, tool of choice, which is an unhealthy coping skill. What to do if you or someone you care about is using self-harm as a coping mechanism. So remember, self-harm is not a mental illness. You are not broken. You have endured a massive amount of pain that is so overwhelming you found an alternative way in a private manner to allow your body and mind to feel relief. This is not your fault. You can stand tall in your bravery again and learn healthy ways to get the same feeling of relief while keeping your front door locked. Ways you can be brave when faced with self-harm. Contact a therapist to begin the process of understanding you. Really unpacking your bags, all of them. Facing your flaws and your deficits. It's hard. It's a challenge. You might want to go back into using healthy coping skills because it's easier than replacing it with a positive one, right? Learn about and how to apply healthy coping skills. Reach out to a trusted friend look into treatment options. Link, I'm going to link resources in the show notes for today about some uh, places that you could look for educational awareness pieces, more resources, videos, um, skills, and topics related to this um, self-harm topic today. So I'd like to close today's show by saying it's okay to say you're not okay. 
enter in or cue in my 1989 reenactment of John Cusack holding a boom box above his head, proclaiming his love for Lone Sky and Say Anything. I love that movie. The song is playing in my mind right now. I shared that moment because I am too taking a risk by sharing my bravery to share a message. It truly is okay to say you're not okay. John Cusack's character was brave, just as you and I are, except I don't know where I can buy a boombox. I didn't save the one from the beach from 1982 when I was a kid, Um, but really stepping out and John, John Cusack holding that radio, blaring it regardless of what's happening, what people might think, what they might say. He's professing his love to this other movie character. It's just the greatest thing on earth. But if you really take that and apply it into your life, what message can you share to one other person? What message am I continuing to share even though it's really hard to talk about mental health, right? Because most people just turn the lights off, close the shutters, nobody's home on that topic. So please help me continue to help normalize talking about mental health in our communities. You can help me by sharing the show with one person, share my posts on social media, comment on my blog posts, follow me at Julia M. Busby on Instagram. You can join my email list and learn more about me at juliabusby.com. Joining my email list, I send out tips, strategies, um, articles, funnies, support. It really is a community and it is growing fast. Also, subscribe. Can't even say it. Subscribe and leave a review on any podcasting platform for finding her. Keep shining and be kind to your mind.